My name is Dave. And that was Craig. And this is Little Nemo the Dream Master. <laughs> to No More Sages, a show where we pick one game from each year and explore how gaming has evolved through the decades. With me is not a sentient can of drink. <laughs> With me is actually Craig. Craig! Hi. I'm terribly sorry. That was completely unprofessional. <laughs> well, you know, we are nothing if not professional. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of professional, why don't you kick us off with the stats and we'll get started on this masterpiece. Yeah, sure. So, Little Nemo... Hang on, masterpiece. No, we'll, get, we'll come to that. Little Nemo, colon, the Dream Master, uh, was developed by Capcom, it was designed by Tatsuya Minami, and it was released in North America in September 1990, and then... Japan and Europe in December of 1990 and 1991, respectively. Super uh, late for an NES game. Yeah, very. Especially Europe, like 1991 is... No wonder it didn't catch on. I um, know. And not not only that, like, like my Europe, my version of Europe, was much less Nintendo-focused. So not only is it a late NES release, but it's a late NES release to a region that was more... Sega and Nintendo. Um, I just want to say, Craig does not mean that in a political dream world for his version of Europe. Um, terrible choice of words there, buddy. Oh. In oh my Europe, not counting all those <laughs> other little countries down there. Um, <laughs> okay, so, uh, first out of the gate, this is a Capcom game. And we all know how I feel about Capcom. Um... The man you named Tetsuya Minami is super important at Capcom and the way video games developed there. If you're interested in the history, he has a very interesting track record. I mean, everything from Ghouls and Ghosts to Resident Evil, like this dude has just been there. He then left to do Platinum stuff, so he's, he's one of the old guard. Uh, anyway, okay, that is Capcom splooging over and done with. Let's talk about your history with Little Nemo, the Dream Master. Okay. Yeah, uh, I have got no experience with Little Nemo, the Dream Master. I know of Nemo, the fish, from the Disney film. And I sometimes have dreams when I sleep. And that's that's where I'm at. I, so, I look at it, I don't recognise the cover art, I don't recognise the little boy, you know. I, I just have got nothing. Which sounds like you're going to make it out like I'm um, some sort of heretic, I assume now. Well, much like in It Came From The Desert, how dare you not know about something that wasn't on your continent? Did you yeah. not have the internet back then, Craig? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, uh, Little Nemo for me is something that is inherently tied to my childhood, right? Like, uh, when I was, I think it was 89, the movie came out. It was like a bombshell for Little Dave. Uh, Little Dave loved it, thought it was great. I still own it to this day because I am a giant man-child and must hold on to that. Um, it was, if you're interested in like the history of Studio Ghibli, this was one of their 
first big things was uh, Little Nemo. Uh, Miyazaki, anyway, worked on it. So it's, it's interesting in that regard. Uh, I, I, as a teen, I bought a giant book of all the comics, and oh boy, they are both racially charged and musty. Um, <laughs> they're not great, but uh, the man behind it, Windsor McKay, is a fascinating guy to look up. Uh, did a lot of really cool stuff, including Gertie the Dinosaur, if you've ever seen that. Um, it, it was the first interaction between live action and animation. Uh, he did. Okay. was the first guy to do that. Anyway, all that aside, Little Nemo was super important to me to the point where, like, I banged my little brain off the floor until it bled until my parents bought me Little Nemo <laughs> as a kid because I had to have it. And I was disappointed in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't what I thought it would be as a kid, but I have gone back to it time and time again trying to appreciate it. Now, will I appreciate it this time? I don't know. So, Craig, would you like to explain how this game works? Yeah, sure. So it starts off, um, Nemo is whisked away on a boat um, and you start swimming. So it's get, like swimming mechanics. You start off in the coral reef and you've just basically got to find Nemo. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the whole game. Don't forget his lucky fin. <laughs> he does have a lucky fin. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not taking this seriously. And I oh, should take it seriously. <clears throat> Monocle so, Yeah, so Little Nemo is a game where you start each level by going to bed and going to sleep. Your mum or whoever is shouting, get, to, get back to sleep, Nemo. And he goes to sleep and then he wakes up in a dream world uh, which has a lovely theming to it. So a forest kingdom or a shrunk down toys thing or whatever. Uh, and you've got to bounce about the place, uh, platforming, as platformings do. Find keys to unlock the doors to, I don't know, escape your dream nightmare world uh, back to the real world. A bit like The Matrix um, uh, well, Little like Nemo, uh, very heavily referenced uh, by The Matrix. Uh, Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. has said in interviews he was pretty much playing Nemo instead of Neo. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's, there, there's that's, only a one-letter difference there, isn't there? There really is. That worked a lot better than uh, I expected. Later on, um, Nemo yeah. joins Flip to find out that everybody <laughs> is being used as a battery uh, <laughs> and goes off on a world-spanning adventure. Oh, dear God. Yeah, so that that is the game. I... Um, I have feelings about this game. Uh, I I am very curious because I have feelings as well. Yes. Um, if you're uh, what this plays like uh, in terms of mechanics, it's basically like Capcom saw a Euro Trash platformer game and went, "Hey, let's try that, but let's have a decent jump arc and mechanics instead of just everything floating everywhere." Uh, so basically, every stage is, I don't want to say an open world, but maybe an open stage. Yeah, where yeah, like, they're... Oh, God. I, I was just going to say, like, openly explorable in all directions. Yeah, Ex- yeah that's nice. Um, where you just have six keys, and you have to find six keys. And there are paths that lead to dead ends with keys that you backtrack, and you have to take control of an animal buddy, and then go dig down in that stage and find a key like it's very much everything revolves around exploration until you hit a certain point and then it becomes Mega Man um uh, yeah first, that, like 
Oh, sorry. Oh, oh go ahead. No, 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 no. No. I'm just, like, of all the things we spoke about so far, I think one of the best bits about this game are your animal buddies, the ones that either ride or become... The ones that you and... step into and then use <laughs> yeah. as a suit? I am wearing a frog skin. Uh, the, yeah, the, yep. The, it's the skin of my enemies, like, wearing it as a suit. I, I think that mechanic is really... And it's something that I always love in any kind of platforming game, like a Mario costume or, um, like... Yoshi's Island transformation or something like that. It's it's nice. Uh, well, let's start this off by talking about the aesthetics, right? Like, how I feel about this game aside, I find everything from the Nemo jump animation, where he just kind of splays out like, yeah, to the little, little animal friends, charming as hell. Like, this game rivals Kirby for me in the charm factor. Does it hit you the same, or is that affection from the movie? Yeah, there's there's absolutely none of that. It looks like a kind of bog standard to slightly bland platformer with okay. levels. I'm so sorry, Dave. I'm so no, sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Like that. That's what's interesting. Like I can't unhook my brain from the affection of the movie, which, by the way, you should totally make your kids watch and raise them correctly, making them watch Little Nemo. Um, yeah, like like it's very hard for me to unhook that part. All right, Craig. So, as a man who loves exploration, how do you feel about the exploration of this? Because this is my biggest problem. Um, yeah, like, I genuinely do not like this type of exploration. Like, I think there's a certain niceness on something like a Metroidvania where you're exploring and unlocking new areas and stuff like that. When you've just got one open platforming level... And you just have to kind of like head to the top left corner and then head to the top right corner and then, you know, like turn into a frog and go somewhere. I It's kind of garbage. <laughs> like, I really don't like it. And then the thing that got me and made me think, you know what, this is just this, I'm not liking this at all, is the key thing, just collecting keys to open a door on the level that's a big open level just doesn't do it for me at all. It it. It was not. It wasn't a pleasant experience, and I am really sorry that I feel like that. <laughs> well, I don't see any reason why a former employee of this podcast should feel bad about what they have to say. <laughs> uh, no, no, th- this is this is something where I'm still working out the logical part of my brain regarding this game and the emotional part of my brain regarding this game. I didn't like. I said I didn't like this as a kid. Um, and I think it was because it was too hard. This game is oddly kind of difficult. Um, but I kind of agree with you. I can, or at least I can see definitely where you're coming uh-huh. from, right? Is um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to be too. No, I know. Damning. It's... I'm not saying it's the worst thing ever, but I just think when you look at the games we've played so far, like. It came from the desert, had something, and, you know, like, Wizards and Warriors had something interesting. Everything's had something interesting, especially Atomic Runner Chelnov. But this just felt like a really old platforming game, and it did feel like James Pond. Oh, great. It's like James Pond or something. You know, like, that kind... 
It's James Pond is the exact same mechanic, except you're stretching about the place to yeah, different it, levels. It really feels like a Japanese developer decided to try a Eurojank platformer. Uh huh. Except there's no jank; it's just bad game design. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's exactly right. James Pond is janky and a bit ugly and really misguided in places with how it tries to deal with Christmas, but this looks like it should be better than how it plays mechanically. Now, there is an arcade game named just Nemo where it is what you think it is. You have your little scepter and you shoot things and it is a linear Mega Man style platformer. I like that quite a bit more, but that has its own problems that we will discuss in like a year and a half from now. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super torn about this. I I love the little animal companions. I love the music. Again, like It Came from the Desert is the only one that I would ding in the music department because yeah. I still love the music to this game. It's wonderful. It's nice and whimsical and upbeat. Just fun. Yeah, yeah. But the game is kind of not great. No. Um, I think it does do... Like, one of the highlights for me, if I was to swing it into positives, was when the, you look at the level design, again, like I said, like two weeks ago now or whatever, about the whole European asset factory explosion. It's not like that. The game, the, the levels... It's cohesive. Look, unique when you hit that the the toy train level everything looks great it's like you're on a you're shrunk down into toyland type feeling so it it does do things well it just so happens that the, the overall overarching thing you have to do the mechanic isn't that great and you know okay so here here's what i want to try to suss out uh i'll agree with you the aesthetics of this are stellar like like the imagination behind what they did with a lot of things, like later on, there's a level. Oh, first of all, how much did you play? Out of curiosity, just to the train uh, level. Uh, the the one after the train level, I can't actually remember what it was. Come on! No, I genuinely, I genuinely can't remember. I know I passed the train level and I, I got to the next level. Shit, what was it? Hold on, I'm I'm googling just to double check that I don't have it mixed up in my brain. Okay, so there's Mushroom Forest, Flower Garden, House of Toys, The Night Sea. Okay, yeah, yeah, The Night Sea's now. Okay, so uh, even later on in the game, you get to these levels where it's a house, just a regular old house, but everything's upside down. And you're on the ceiling, and, like, there's a lot of imagination, arguably a lot of it comes from the movie. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, it, it's stuff you don't see very often on NES, especially with the pedigree from Capcom. Like, I, I know this is me slobbing off Capcom again, but never let it be said, they don't put effort into their stuff. Like, like this still looks like a top-tier NES game. It doesn't play like it, but it looks like it, and it sounds like it. Um, all right, so let, let's try to suss out, for my stupid brain exactly <laughs> what is wrong so the jumping mechanics is fine the the mechanic of using animal buddies is fine like it's interesting sometimes you're a mole sometimes you're, you're a it looks adorable in the bee costume yep um, um I, I love the gorilla the, yep and each each animal companion allowed like the mole lets you dig through the ground and it works really well. You feel like dig dug going do 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 do, um you know like the the frog you do get to swim and jump and stuff. And I, I think in the bee you obviously get to fly about the place. They work really well. 
So yes, this is this is good. We're on the okay. good streak here. The idea of collecting keys to unlock the stage when you don't have an end point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I start to get a little squiffy, but I'm okay. Right? Yeah. I think... I, oh, God. I lose it there. Even... I just lose it from the point of view that, like, if you've got a door, you generally only have one key for the door. Why the hell do I need six keys to open a door? Who has a door that has six locks? That's the weird thing I find about this, right? That's not a thing in the movie. Is like, it not? not? Is no. it just random? <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's not like a, oh, Nemo must go on an adventure to find six keys. No. Okay. He has one key in the entire movie, and he accidentally unlocks the door and lets nightmares out into his dreams. That's it. Ah. See, I I would have thought a better way to do this would be instead of collecting six keys to open a door, you had to collect six parts of something to fight a boss, to finish the, of it, like a nightmare in every stage. So the, the Mushroom Kingdom could have had like a mushroom with big teeth and, you know, like... A horror, a horrible mushroom that you had to kill. Now, would see, make this more is weird, right? Because right now we're lobbying for the nah. You should have gone standard NES, a Ducktales approach to keep it to Capcom. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which it's not very often that you find a no. What you guys did was too far out there. Please bring it back to the normal. But I think you have a point. Like it, I think it's also the fact that there's really no. Level design, you couldn't do it to the point where, like, a Half-Life kind of thing where the visuals of the level would hint to where maybe the keys might be. Here, it's like somebody closed their eyes and threw a bunch of darts. Yep. There's... And it's not even like, okay, you got the first key. That lets you get to the second key. Nope, not that either. And that... That, to me, that's where the Metroidvania-type thing comes in. That would have worked, because if you find a key that lets you get to another bit of the stage, or, you know, it lets you access a costume that lets you progress, that works, but there's no sense of progression. It's randomised. You go in any direction, you find a key, and you just keep on going until you find them all. Yeah, or is that, or you find an animal buddy, and you're just like, well, I have to use him at some point. Okay, where do I use him? Yeah, and I think that's that's like where the mole comes into it is things like, well, I've got the mole, so I must have to dig. And generally speaking, yes, you will find a key, but it doesn't feel on they purpose. They don't flow into each other. It's it's yeah. like you've got these very small dead ends, and you keep having to go down that dead end, come back, go to the main thoroughfare, and then go down another dead end. You know what it kind of reminds me of, Craig, in game mm. design? Is Tomba, which yeah, is yeah, from... Yeah. Ex-Capcom guys. So maybe, I haven't checked, maybe these guys worked on Tomba. But yeah, yeah like, that's it. That's got to be it. It's just the p- things don't flow. It's just a, eh, I don't know, look for it. Yeah. That can, and, and, like, and, oh, God. No, I was just going to say, and that is the bit where I totally stumble. Like, we're talking about this objectively from the point of view of two middle-aged men playing this game in 2022. And it, of our Lord. Just, it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of game design only, this feels not very different from, you know, Crocs World or other, like, random platformers you'll find done by indie people that don't put a lot of thought into how they design their levels. And that's super weird to hear coming from these guys. Um... 
But yeah, it, it, it's kind of the exact same thing. All right, so we've sussed out what we don't like. Uh-huh. I've gone on record of what I do like. Um, it is a shame that what I think is arguably the most fun bit of this game is hidden in the last level of the game, and that's where... <clears throat> oh, man, I'm going to sound like such a dork. Um, so it's not until the end of the movie where little Nemo learns how to use his scepter that he has on his back. The entire game, you're just carrying the stupid stick around, and you're like, I don't know what it's there for. But at the end, you literally turn into Mega Man. You just start shooting okay. shit with your, your thing. And, and then it's kind of fun because no keys... It's just get to the end of the level, kill the boss. That's it. And there's always that little part. It's like, guys, you should have made this the whole game. Okay, so uh, on previous shows that we've recorded, we've always had the tagline of nostalgia is the enemy. Um, And we have come face to face with our own fears sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those, unlike A Fester's Quest, which proved to be a stellar game in 2021... (laughs) Um, (laughs) this, this is very much me putting my money where my mouth is, right? Like, this is, ah, damn it, it's not good. Like, I think arguably, like, even DuckTales, we did DuckTales a long time ago. That holds up better than this does because of how oddly standard the game design is. I think this is a shot in the dark that didn't land. Yeah. As DuckTales is like a a franchise that's been really well applied to a standard game formula and it's worked because you've got proven game mechanics and a great franchise that's just all smooshed together. Yeah, and this... they went weird with, oh, hey, let's try a pogo stick as a weapon. It's like, yeah, okay, that yeah. works, yeah. It works, it works. Um, this is just, it feels not experimental. It just feels a wee bit like, oh, let's do something different, but it's not worked. Other than, uh, okay, and, and and you might not get this because you're unfamiliar with the, the license. Other than the level aesthetics, this seems like it might have been a different game in production. Okay. Like, I wonder if this is one of those things that had the, well, we got the license. There's a big movie coming out. Uh, take, you know, Tanuki Adventure and turn it into Little Nemo mm-hmm. kind of thing. I okay. wonder if that's the case. Um, I mean- okay. I remember distinctly having that exact same realisation and it turned out to be true of uh, The Simpsons, Krusty's Horror House, whatever the hell it was. Oh yeah, Krusty's Funhouse, yeah. Uh, And it's just, it's totally like The Simpsons have been applied to a completely different game. And now that you've said that, it does kind of feel like this could be the case because it's just, doesn't make sense. Alright, so something I want to talk about is the difficulty. Because... Um, this game, much like myself, a lot of people look back on fondly. Uh, it has been named in the top 100 NES games of all time kind of lists, right? Um, I think some of that is just affection for Capcom and some of it is affection for the license. I'm not sure. But they always call out how difficult it is. You're brand new to this sucker, Craig. How yeah. difficult would you rate this? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said it's that difficult. Like, some of the difficulty is in trying to figure out where keys are on the stages and then getting the appropriate costume to fly or climb or do what you need to do. I wouldn't have said overall that it's particularly difficult. Yeah, it's no Ghosts and Goblins. I'll give it that. I think think it's unfriendly, for sure. Mm, Yeah. Like, like, 
the three hit point thing is it it's rough because those little flying skeleton thingies just come out of nowhere and whammy you right in the face, even on the first level, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, I, I, there is a lot of gotcha where you're halfway through a jump and then something flies out from the right side of the screen and you're like, ah, shit. But I, I don't view this as super difficult. Okay, I was just curious to see how you felt about that. All right, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put it in that category of you know like famously difficult games. No, I, I'll agree with you. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna put this out of its misery. Going to put it to bed, Dave. Ah, <laughs> put it to bed. Um, how? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, keeping with our general thesis, mm-hmm. what is the nugget you would pull away from this? Doesn't have to be a good nugget. Can yeah, be bad. Sometimes, nugget. sometimes Capcom get it wrong. <laughs> sometimes Capcom are Crapcom. Uh huh. Uh, no, oh, like, like trying to stick to the positive side of things. Well, don't, uh, don't. I mean, I mean, whatever you think is the most salient point of your experience playing this game. I mean, my experience playing it, and then my experience talking to you. The most salient point is this is hard evidence and proof that nostalgia is the enemy. Because <laughs> if if you weren't you and you listened to the last. 26 minutes or whatever we've recorded after I've edited it. If you listened to that not knowing it, it sounds like you think it's a crap game. Like, you were really passionate and driven and direct talking about how bad it was. Like, just listening to you, it's like, Dave really thinks this is a crap game. But then you're like, oh, Little Nemo. Dude, I can't explain how much I love Little Nemo. Um, <laughs> let's put it this way. Uh, I... When I sold off my NES collection, there were like four games I kept, and this is one of them. Like I still have the cart for the sucker. I, I pulled out the old NES like I did with Blizzard Warriors and <laughs> played it. Um, so yeah, I still have a ton of affection for this. The salient point I can pull out of this is when you're doing a licensed property, like the theming had better match the property. Otherwise, you're going to run into, why the keys? Why the exploration? Like, like you need to have some kind of cohesion in terms of theming and license. Uh, and I think some of the best licensed games do that, like Fester's Quest, of course. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to pull from this. Because I, uh, as a man that has plumbed the depth of Capcom's backlog, oh, there's plenty of crap games that they've done. <laughs> um, but yes, you're right. Like, like this is me coming face-to-face Probably for the first time with a game that I adored in my brain not being very good. So, in 2022, is there a reason to play this game, Craig? None whatsoever. There's just not any... There's not any... Like, to me, there's not any historical interest. There's not any moments of it that I think oh people really need to experience that I just don't it's not there's not anything special about it to me and this is where I pull off the Mission Impossible mask and go ha ha I still think it's one of the best games ever now um okay (laughs) I I I think there is a reason for you to go back much like it came from the desert only if you're super interested in this one company's or maybe this person like maybe uh, Fujiwara um, you want to check out everything he worked on. 
Um, I think this is something important in the, nope, that's a bad licensed game category. Uh, because we do tend to romanticize all the cool licensed games we got and we forget about the Terminator 2s and the True Lies and, you know, all both Arnold movies for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, your Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I, I think it's important in that regard, but I would not clear any brain space or any schedule space to do this. Un unless you're a super fan of the movie and you're like, I want to see what they did with this thing. Like, like oddly, Craig, like, same era-ish, is, like, the Willow game is fantastic. And that's where, like, they took a crap movie and turned it into a good game. And this, they took a mediocre movie that I have affection for and turned it into a terrible game. Um, <laughs> terrible. I've never, I've never seen Willow. Well oh, wow. Um... Okay, uh, so that's another reason you're going to hell when you die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, l like, this is not important. And it hurts my heart to say that, but it's really not. So, I'm going to go cry in a corner for a while. <laughs> when I realize, you know, little boy Dave was kind of stupid and easily susceptible to marketing. Anyway. Um, thank you very much for listening. I would love to hear your opinions if you think this is a bad take on a good game. I'm super curious to hear it. You can do that on nomoresages.com where you can also suggest that we take a look at a game and maybe ruin a childhood favorite for you. Um, we'll try not to. So next up, the next game we're going to tear to pieces is one <laughs> of Craig's picks. So Craig, what do you have next? Did that pick this? Yeah, I didn't. Wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, Mad TV. I didn't realize I picked that. I don't know why. I. <laughs> we will discuss why uh, later. But yes, uh, so next week is Mad TV. Yeah. Until next time, Craig. Say goodnight. No, get, come on. Something thematic, buddy. That's goodnight. Get to bed. Get to bed. There evil. you go. That's a little better. So yes, until next time... Get your arse in bed, little Nemo. You have to go visit the professor. And fans of the film will know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on Mad TV, where we learn to run a TV station and find out if that's terribly boring or not. Uh. <laughs>